What's up, everyone? This is Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown, the number one podcast for anyone looking to have a greater human experience. My hair out of my What's going on, everyone? It's another episode of Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown, and our guest today is Beth Ledrum. Beth, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Aaron. Yes, absolutely. I know you sent over your bio and all that good stuff, um, but I don't want to butcher it. So I want to let you tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, my mission is to teach people self-care. Have people understand that you have tools available to you to help you feel better in almost any given situation. And that's really, that's my mission. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. What made that your mission? Yeah. So thank you, Aaron, for asking that question. I just before I turned 30, I had a life altering illness. I had tuberculosis and not something that many people saw, um, you know, other than people actually thought it was a bygone disease. And I'm, you know, here to tell you that it's not. Now, this was a number of years ago. And at that time, I had two babies under the age of two. So, and I had a husband that commuted. We lived in Connecticut at the time. And I had a husband who commuted into New York City. He left the house at 5.30 in the morning and didn't walk in the door until 7.30 if I was lucky. And so that really shifted my trajectory on on life, on everything. I didn't get out of bed for eight months. And so I needed a lot of help. Mm -hmm. Eight months. Where did that help come from? During that time? Mm -hmm. Well, during that time, literally the help came from my mom. Uh people coming in and then literally my husband I would have um, my children from uh, 5 p.m until my husband walked in the door and he would walk in the door and I would walk upstairs and go to bed wow so it was that kind you know during that time and it was a hard time you know my daughter was young she was six months that's the time when you know they they need you the most really Um, They always need you. And, but anyway, (laughs) so, and it was when I came to the end of my medication, there's a pretty, um, you know, I was one of the lucky ones. I had plain old tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. Tuberculosis is multi-drug resistant. So I, I, you know, when you look for the good in this, in a situation, I felt like that was a really good thing that it was plain old tuberculosis. So I responded to all the medications that they put me on right away. Mm-hmm. It was when I came off the medications and I still couldn't get out of bed. And my doctor said to me, you're cured. I don't need to see you, but once a year for a chest x-ray. That was really the defining moment, that dynamic still point when I was like, huh, I'm cured. I can't get out of bed. I can't take care of my children. I wasn't having any fun. I wasn't able to work, all those things. And that's when I made a commitment to myself to do things differently in my life. 
because everything I had been doing up to that point, you know, when your body has a breakdown like that, it's giving you a message. Mm -hmm. You're not caring for your body temple the way it needs to be cared for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what steps, what was the first step in, in doing and answering that call that your mind sent into you? Right. So I, you know, I started stepping out of the proverbial medical box. Um, Thank God I had all the antibiotics and I had that all, um, you know, all at my disposal to help me to get better. But that only took me so far. Yeah. And so laying in bed, I listened to a lot of, you know, radio programs at the time, right now would be podcasts. Oh my gosh, I would be listening to every podcast there was out there. But I started honing in on medical doctor programs, Uh you know, and medical doctors that thought a little bit out of the box. And I, the first thing I tried was homeopathy. Okay. I don't know if you know anything about homeopathy. But go ahead and tell us a little bit. Sure. So homeopathy is basically it's micro dosing. It's very, very minuscule doses of whatever the remedy is that will um, that will cure your ailments. Mm, Okay. Um, And it's based on the premise of like treats like. And so you go through an extensive health history with the doctor. Um, Many homeopaths are also medical doctors. And you go through um, an extensive health history. And that was where I started. And I will tell you to this day, I can still feel how that first remedy helped me to feel better. It was so magical and so amazing. And basically, it's a liquid drop that you take. Mm -hmm. And then I continued on because that, you know, while that was great, I realized there's got to be more out there. And I tried everything. (laughs) What was the the craziest outside of yourself thing that you tried? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Nobody's ever asked me that. So I have to think (laughs) about that one. Wow. Uh, Craziest. Well, a lot of people will will say um, that this seems a little different to them, but in, you know, homeopathy and and I still love homeopathy, so I still utilize it. But at at one point in um, the remedy that I took was actually tuberculosis, tuberculinum. Right. It's again, like cures like. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and it's a tiny, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, it's sometimes, sometimes the power is to the, to the millionth, Mm. right. That it's diluted down that you're taking something. So that, and that always kind of surprised people when I would explain, when I would explain it to them. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. I, I guess I wouldn't say I was totally, I did anything really outlandish, Mm -hmm. um, but I did try everything. I tried acupuncture. Acupuncture is great if you like needles, right? <laughs> However, an acupuncturist can't send you home with needles. Mm-hmm. So I tried Reiki, which is also another great thing, but you know, it's a little esoteric. There's nothing to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And so what really changed everything for me is when I got introduced to Jin Shin Jitsu. 
and it's a Japanese form of acupressure. And it's the strategic placement of hands on your body to facilitate healing and transformation from the outside in and the inside out. Interesting. And oftentimes the results are instantaneous. Really? And that's so amazing about it. And so you may go to an acupuncturist and you can't be sent home with your needles, but when you receive a session of Jinjinjitsu, you have your hands and you can place those. I teach people how to place those hands strategically on the body to help them feel better. What has, what is the, if you have one, what is the most common um, practice that you taught people? Like, what is the one thing that you, you. Uh, sure. Okay. Are you an entrepreneur or a small business looking to take your brand to the next level? Then visual media is the service for you. Visual media is a video production company who specializes in creating high quality visual content for social media, websites, and online courses. Head over to Visual Media on Instagram and drop resilience in their DM to get started. That's V-Z-U-A-L-M-E-D-I-A underscore to get started. My most common practice is what is my signature process, which is called the four-minute flow. The four minute flow. Tell us about the four minute flow. And the four minute flow is a tool that people can utilize. I always feel everybody has four minutes to spare uh-huh. for their self-care. Yes. And you use the tool to help slow down the body, slow down your breath, calm the inner chaos so that your body can concentrate on the healing it needs to concentrate on. Mm. So when we are really operating in overwhelm and anxiety, is there any clarity in there? (laughs) Absolutely not. And if there is, it's micro. Exactly. (laughs) And so the four minute flow is actually holding each finger for three breaths each. And our hands have great significance and connection to our entire body, to all the systems that work in the body. And in Jinchen Jitsu, um, we also believe that our attitudes or emotions have a big effect on our health. Yeah. I can understand that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so those attitudes are worry, fear, anger, sadness, and trying to, or efforting, over efforting. Mm. And in Eastern philosophy, each attitude or emotion has a relationship to organs in your body. Okay. And so if you are constantly living in worry, I'm so worried about him. I was so worried about her. I, that the energy, the vibration of that worry can have a deep effect on your entire being. Mm. So I like to teach people how to transform worry to confidence. 
Worry to confident. That mm -hmm. is a first. I've never mm -hmm. heard anyone mm -hmm. kind of connect those two. Mm -hmm. uh, if if you if I'm if I ask you, may you elaborate mm -hmm. a bit on how you do that? Sure. So we're the thumb has the relationship to worry. So you know what? Let's just take a moment. Have you and your listeners take your left hand and just gently wrap it around your uh, right thumb. So when I have my hands up in the air so everybody can see, but you know, feel free to rest your hands on your desk. And I invite you, Erin, to do that as well. I'll show everybody what to hold. Yeah, just rest on your desk or your lap. And let's just take a couple of breaths together. You know, exhaling and inhaling. And maybe what you're feeling is your shoulders dropping, the breath coming a little bit easier to you. I don't know, Aaron, in that short time there. Did you I felt, feel transformation? I felt like, like a, hmm, like I, like a, just a. An exhale. calmness? Right. Sense. Yeah, okay. calmness and exhaling, releasing. And that's, we, you know, and often in meditation, we talk about calming the brain through meditation and breath. Mm -hmm. I call this meditation on steroids because you connect your hands to somewhere on your body. It raises the vibration even more. Mm, so you're adding an extra element, an extra layer yes. to what you're all to the, to the sense, the flow that you're already in. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and I'm all about flow. So I love that you use that word. Really. I want people to live life in flow. Say, say more, say more. Uh, what does, what does flow mean to you and how do you right. find yourself in flow? Sure. So flow is when, when life just goes easily. I believe life was meant to be easy. Right. I think we as humans com complicate it. <laughs> right? And sometimes, honestly, this practice is so simple that people can't understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I just say, why do you want to complicate things? If it's easy and it works, roll with it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, flow for me is, that when, you know, I would say when I was um, had tuberculosis, that was a tsunami and that was a tsunami waiting to waiting to happen. Right. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't getting rest. We had just bought a house that needed a lot of work. I was putting my kids down for a nap and painting closets and, you know, trying to be superwoman, trying to get everything done. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, the, the body list responds and stops us. You know, if we don't listen, if we don't listen to the whispers, 
you know, the universe sends a sledgehammer. Yeah. And it, I, oh, I, that is something that I, I think I, I, I realized this probably about, I would say about 15, 17, 15. I'm going to say about 14 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, just, I was working, uh, two jobs back to back. I'd work all day, then work all night right. and not having a day off in months. And it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm getting sick here. I'm getting sick there. And it's just like, that's your, your body telling you, Hey, you need to slow down. You need to rest. You need to make sure you're hydrating. Cause I think hydration is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, that sledgehammer came and put me down hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and so and um yeah and so I think flow is we might get pulled off center right when we have a crisis but we can come right back instead of being knocked out of the game for a few days a week a month or whatever it may be you know for me those long eight months yeah. right I was not in flow then, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, that's not the end of the health, my health story. You know, I have had, um, you know, when you when you get hit with something so dramatic and so traumatic to your body, it it takes time for the body to come back, and and we can be more susceptible to things around us. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now I have tools. Now you have tools. Say I didn't more. have. What uh, what else have you experienced, and sure. what tools have you used? Yeah, so I I have had Lyme disease four times, which always surprises people, and they think no, it was latent Lyme and it came back. I saw the tick all four times, each all time, four times, all four times. Where and do you live? That. Well, <laughs> <at> that, <laughs> the first time I lived in Connecticut. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, second, third, and fourth, I lived in California in an area where they quote unquote said Lyme was not prevalent. Hmm. So, but you know, those ticks, they travel, they do. Yeah. So, and so that first time I took antibiotics for eight months. Mm. Right. I really, I relied, I relied on that. The second time around, I had took antibiotics for one month and had all of my tools and, you know, or, or most of them, I was still continuing to build them, yeah. but which was homeopathy, essential oils, body work, jitsu using my hands. By the last time, um, I actually tried to take the antibiotic and it made me so sick. I couldn't do it. And that was, you know, another one of those dynamic still point moments. I said, okay, Beth, you have spent a long time building up your toolbox. Now is the time to really utilize them. Yeah. And I did. I used essential oils. I really dialed in my diet and my nutrition. I used my hands on a regular, you know, I had a really strict um, routine of self-care. Mm-hmm. Right. Limited all sugar, limited alcohol, limited caffeine, hydrated, 
you know, simple yoga at the time, supplementation, body work, you know, not only did I utilize my hands on myself, but I also went to receive sessions because sometimes you need to just, especially when you have a big crisis going on, you need to, you know, you, you, you just need to be on the table and let somebody else guide your body to the healing that it knows how to do. Yeah, absolutely. I know and that's letting go of control right there. Yeah, I, it it I, is. And that's a level of vulnerability that like just letting go of control. Yeah. Yeah. And just knowing that, you know, it's, it's okay that you, we can do hard things, right? Um, Glennon Doyle's podcast is amazing and I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I stand by that. We can do hard things, but I don't think we were meant to do hard things alone. So, mm-hmm. So taking that step back and like you said, going to get that that body work done mm-hmm. by someone else so you can just be. Right. Sometimes that's all we need to do. Uh, but it's so hard, especially with um, the society we're in that we're mm-hmm. always supposed to be going, 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 mm-hmm. doing, doing, doing all the things. Yeah. So so when the, when it's time for that rest, you feel unproductive. Right. So true. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And it's it's such a it's so hard just to sit still and and, mm-hmm. you know, just to let mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but sometimes that's the that's the best the mm-hmm. thing that we can do for ourselves, mm-hmm. our bodies, our mm-hmm. orbit and the people around us at the same time. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about having a, a support system? Hey, hey, hey. Did you know I wrote a book? It's called The Value Method. Five Steps to Unlocking Your Greatest Potential. And in it, I share just that. Five wildly easy, actionable steps that will set you up to have a greater human experience daily. I've included interactive worksheets and small assignments at the end of each chapter. You're literally creating a living blueprint of your best life. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to purchase your copy and a copy for a friend. Oh, I think it is so important. I am all about community. Mm, Yes. I love to be in community. I love to build community. And I think it's so, I think it's so important. Um, That support system of so, you know, of, of friends, of, of caregivers, of medical doctors, of holistic doctors, uh, you know, um, you know, the many spokes to the wheel, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I love I love being in community and yeah. sharing in community. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that was the first time around with the tuberculosis. Like I really had to learn, uh, you know, learn to l- let people do things for me. Because mm-hmm. ultimately people really want to help. Yeah. And how many times do you offer to help a friend and they say no or oh that's okay. I don't need it, but they really do. Mm-hmm. But they don't you know, there's something about how we are wired as humans, at least in this modern age where, you know, it's being vulnerable to ask for help. I ask for help all the time now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I think we were, we were, we were taught that vulnerability was a bad thing. Right. And we are seeing the, 
the outcome of what that narrative Mm -hmm. really leads to. Yes. And we're also seeing a change in that narrative. Yes, we are. And and I'm here for it and I love to see it Mm -hmm. Um, because if everyone says, you know, a vulnerability is a weakness and I personally feel like if it was a weakness, it would be super easy. Mm-hmm. Like a weakness mm-hmm. is a cupcake, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> a, weakness, a weakness is that donut that's sitting in that box, right? Vulnerability is a superpower. I was going to say the same thing. It is a superpower. And when we are vulnerable, it's amazing how differently people respond to us. It's because our authenticity is coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and and you know people respond to that, you know, people, as opposed to that overdoing or over pleasing. Absolutely, people that's respond awesome. to that, and yeah. that gives them the permission mm-hmm. to show up authentically mm-hmm. as themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like and when we over please. To be honest, when we over please, that's when people take advantage of of us. Absolutely. Now, when we're trying so hard, that's one of those attitudes I was talking about when we're trying so hard to please others mm-hmm. and we can't understand why they respond the way they do. It's because it's, you know, it's that, um, you know, sicky sweet trying to do so much for others and, and people don't like that, mm-hmm. especially if you're pretending. That's another word that goes along with that when you're pretending <laughs> Someone love it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's it comes up as it comes off as like a little cringy a little bit. You yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. icky. And I don't want to actually what it is is it's needy. needy. We're, we're trying to we're trying to fulfill our own neediness by trying to please others. Yeah. And it completely backfires. Every single time. Mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. time and I think that's the lesson that so many of us need to learn mm-hmm. but it takes a level of honesty with yourself to be able to get and hear mm-hmm. th- and pick up on that lesson and mm-hmm. so we find ourselves in that same cycle over and over and over again mm-hmm. because we're not picking up on that lesson right yeah. And when I often talk about that attitude that trying to please others, you know, I'll say, you know, you know, trying to please the Joneses, trying to please your boss, trying to please your spouse, but most of all, trying to please yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really hits home for people. And a lot of times it will bring people to tears. Yeah. It's something in this in themselves they hadn't recognized. Yeah. And the- and it's, I always say that we love to hold up a mirror for mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. right? It's so easy. We can do that with our eyes closed. We volunteer to do that. But when it comes to standing in front of that mirror, um, we, we will make up every excuse not to to stand in front of that mirror. And a lot of it is fear. You know, a lot of it is um, not really having, like you said, the tools to to accept that person 
and know that there's a better person that you can become and you can build and create that yeah. better person with the proper tool, the, the proper toolkit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And being open to that inner, to doing that inner work. Mm -hmm. you know, there Call was it hard work. Right. There was a time when I always looked outside, always, you know, the blame game, the always we, yeah. you know, we have a tendency as humans to go look outside for everything, for our healing, for our transformation, you know, for blaming and all of that. But ultimately, when we start doing the work and going inside and looking at ourselves, we chant transform on the inside and our world transforms on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. They say change your mind, you change your life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and that, and that, um, and that takes time too. It does. Right? It does. It's like the lifelong journey. Healing the way, the layer of the onion and then saying, oh no, another layer? <laughs> I thought I had worked through that. <laughs> and that's our invitation and our opportunity to go deeper. Yep. Work deeper, you know, and for me in Jinshin Jitsu, it's working deeper on those predominant attitudes mm -hmm. and bringing them, you know, bringing worry to confidence, fear to flow, anger to harmony, sadness to joy, and efforting to ease. Yeah. You know, that's where, that's where I always go. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. That's just the, the connections that mm -hmm. you're, that you've, that you've created and you've developed. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. It makes it like a tangible thing. Like we, we could think about it, you know, but when you actually see it, it's written on a page and I'm, I'm a big writer. I love to, I will write list mm -hmm. upon list. I have notebooks for days full of mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, I totally get it. A stack of paper, like pages, pieces of paper on my, on my desk with lots of brilliant ideas. <laughs> see? see, I have, I have index cards next to the bed. Like, Okay, so I wake up and I have like a brilliant, a moment of brilliance or something. And there's index cards and, and sticky notes everywhere. Yes. But, exactly. but seeing things written down and, you know, I feel like that it's more of a thing. It brings it to life. Yes, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And you know, that's, and that, I love that word tangible that you used because in Jin Shinjitsu, it's tangible actions that you can do with your body to help release that fear, uh -huh. right? I mean, we, we're always told, or release sadness, we're always told, let it go. You need to let it go. You've got to release that, right? But oftentimes nobody gives us anything tangible to do that. And these hand postures and, you know, finger holds, um, reconnect the pathways in your body to help release those emotions and to transform and shift those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the tangible something mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we have, 
somebody can say, yeah, you can do this or yeah, we can do this. Um, but we often don't get the how, the how right. to. There's yes. like the blueprint, the, right. the yeah. map in a sense mm -hmm. to get yeah. from A to B. So you've created that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. And, and that's what the four minute flow really is all about is having a tool, having that map to bring you back to your original blueprint. Yeah. Of who you were meant to be. I don't think it, most people don't want to walk around with sadness and grief all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. We, that wouldn't be how we would choose to how we would choose to live or to be in constant worry. Yeah. Or constant fear. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of and it's honing in on what is our predominant attitude. Right. What is that predominant attitude in us? And then the tools can be specific for that. And so, um, and it took me a long time actually to, you know, there are patterns to illness and patterns and that's where, and there, and the attitude is a part of that pattern. Hey, 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 if you're enjoying this content, do not forget to rate and review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to rate and review. It helps us reach more people in more ways. Now, let's get back to some resilience. Mm, okay. So the lungs are associated, and I have tuberculosis of the lungs, are associated with sadness and grief. And I could never put that together in all of my work because I had a pretty, you know, I had a good childhood. I've had a good life. But so why lung sadness? And as a matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever heard of Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. Have mm -mm. you ever heard of that? Oh, no. It's a wonderful book on how emotions affect our life and affect our, affect our bodies, right? She's kind of the pioneer of mind-body medicine. Gotcha. So, so after, I, after I had my tuberculosis, I don't remember who it was. Somebody told me, you should read the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and see what it has to say about the lungs. So I go to, you know, I go to the library, I pull out the book. I don't look at anything else in the book. It is a wonderful book. I don't look at anything else. I go to the back, I look up lungs and it says, you know, you know, health with the lungs, sadness, grief. I said, that is baloney. <laughs> Lammed that book shut and left the library. P.S. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many years later. Here I am associating how emotions and the lungs have, you know, or, you know, or, or any body parts affect the body. Yeah. But I still could never put that together. And then I was sitting in a jinjinjitsu class one day and one instructor, and I've studied all over the world. One instructor just said one thing just totally different was the question of the lungs, large intestine is why won't my dreams come true? Hmm. That hit me real deep. Because wow. that, that was something I had been repeating to myself ever since I was a child. Why won't my dreams come true? 
I have since, long since flipped the script. All of my dreams come true. All of my dreams come true. I love language. It's such a big, so big part and powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Words have wisdom. I also like to joke around, watch your words. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that was a big piece. So that was another layer of discovery for me in my own health journey. Got it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you were able to just find the tools and create the tools Mm -hmm. that helped you Mm -hmm. go from A to B. Right, which is what we started out at the very beginning. How to to get that map? That how to? Mm-hmm. Right, love it, mm-hmm. love it. Do you have any other um, like small tips or strategies that you use, uh, maybe in your morning routine or your nightly routine that you sure. think would help some anyone? Okay, sure. So um, in my, my morning routine and my night, nightly routine are the four minute flow. Okay. Right. Which is holding each finger for three breaths because that gives you in the. In the morning, it gives you energy. It gives you that lift. It calms all those emotions and attitudes we talked about. And then the same thing at night, it's an adaptogen. We're winding down and it helps me to go to sleep. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, I do the same thing. And oftentimes my clients will say they are, they fall asleep before they get to the second hand. (laughs) And I'm here to tell all those perfectionists out there, you don't have to, um, you don't have to complete all 10 fingers. If you fall asleep, that's awesome. <laughs> You're then you've then it has done what it needs to do. Some people feel the need to finish all 10 fingers. It was like, so, I gotta stay awake. <laughs> yeah. So those so that's but a few other tips that I have. Um, one of my favorites is if you, you know, if you feel fatigued, you need some energy. You can just sit at your desk and just hold your hands on the top of your head mm-hmm. and breathe for several breaths. You know, the breath is our ultimate harmonizer. So this is a really easy one to do to give the body some energy um, if you feel fatigued. And actually, even for people who can't sleep, often the body is responding to nervous energy And it really needs a little bit more energy to calm it down so that it can rest. Sounds a little counterintuitive. So that's one. And then another one that I love too is if you um, are getting ready to go on stage to give a talk or getting ready to go on a podcast and you're feeling a little funky, you're feeling a little shy, what you can do is... Place your left hand on the middle of your chest first, and then your right hand on top. Because the left hand first, left lifts. So it lifts your spirit, opens your heart, 
so that when you walk in a room or whatever the case might be, you, you are open. Left lifts. I love that. Mm -hmm. And if, and if you wanted to go internally, the opposite, your right hand first and your left hand on top. Gotcha. That helps us to go internally. And if you can't remember, it's okay. The body adapts. So just use either one and adjust. Yeah. Your body, your body knows what to do as long as you give it a pathway to heal and transform. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. you've mm -hmm. shared so, so much and, and the perspective, uh, your knowledge on the mm. subject matter is phenomenal. <laughs> I have studied all over the world, so thank you. <laughs> what 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 has what was the let's see all over the world? Mm. What if you could go back mm. anywhere? Where would it be? Well, I would go back. Um, I I would go. Now this would really be going back because I went to Japan and studied with the last living master. So I would go back to that moment. He has since passed on. So um, I, I would love to go back and, you know, and repeat all of that experience. Um, yeah. But I would go back, I would go back to Japan in a, in a heartbeat. Gotcha. So, and yeah. And um, so and then I also, I studied TCM for a long time, traditional Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. So I also went to China and studied in, in a traditional Chinese medicine hospital as well. How long were you there for? Uh, there, I was there for a month. And we studied in a traditional Chinese medicine hospital. Yeah. So and that was fantastic. And then traveled as well. Of course, yeah. you, have to, you have to fit the fun in. Absolutely. 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 Well, it sounds like you've done so much mm -hmm. and I cannot wait to see what else you're you're prepared and you're here to do I know there's so much more that we get to see mm, thank you so much for that absolutely absolutely take that right in yes yeah <laughs> where can we find you on social media and how can we connect and support you sure so um everything is all the same it's Beth Lendrum, which is L-E-N as in Nancy, D-R-U-M as in Mary, and I'm sure it will be in the show notes and all of that. So it's, but it's bethlendrum.com is my website. And it's um, Beth uh, Tuak Lendrum on Facebook. That's my maiden name. And then Instagram is also Beth Lendrum, as well as LinkedIn and wherever, wherever else there's so whatever else is out there. <laughs> So those are the main ones that I, that I utilize. Gotcha. So you can find me. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but I do have one question. I ask every single, every single one of my guests that, that okay. appears on the show. You ready? I'm ready. Love it. Love it. Love it. Beth, what does resilience mean to you? Mm. You know, resilience is, it's really about coming into our own, right? And being, you know, and being ourself, being, coming, you know, coming into being me, that's resilience. It's unwinding 
all those old patterns that didn't serve me and that allow me just to be me and resilient in that and coming back to sharing, you know, being vulnerable and open and sharing, um, you know, sharing my gifts with the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's the becoming, mm -hmm. it's the actions, the, you know, the doing is literally yeah. resilience in action. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Beth, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. All right. Thank you. You have a great day. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate and review. And remember, resilience and action will always lead to a greater human experience. As a man, it can be difficult to openly talk about your feelings and problems you may be facing in life. For decades, society has told you to man up and that men don't cry. But we know that bottling those emotions can have severe consequences. That's why RJ Zimmerman created a free men's Zoom group that meets once a month. A judgment-free zone where you can find support and resources to help you through life. Visit www.untappedkeg.com to sign up.